Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. They who believe in me will live, even if they die. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And this is the very word of our God as it is found for us in John chapter 11. Well, the last couple of weeks, uh, my wife and I in the evening... Uh, have been watching uh, the old uh, reruns of the Andy Griffith show that originally aired in 1961, the first year. It's great to watch that program with Andy and Barney Fife and Opie and Aunt B. They're just classics. And who can forget Otis, the town drunk, Floyd the barber, and uh, Goober and Gomer Pyle, just to name a couple of them. You know, as I was watching this uh, uh, with my wife, you get one of those uh, newfangled uh, smart TVs. And she's got all the buttons. I don't know how to work it. But, uh, you know, when she gets ready for a popcorn break, she pauses it. And uh, she hits the fast forward or the rewind. And it's just way too complicated for me. But, you know, as I was watching all of this, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if you had that kind of function on your Bible, that you could press the rewind button. You know, wouldn't it be great if uh, those events that we read about in Scripture, wouldn't it have been incredible if they were on film and we could watch them? Not only just to hear the words that they spoke, but to be able to look at the reaction on the people's faces. I'm with you, Pastor Don. The account of the resurrection of Lazarus has to be one of my favorites. And again, can't you imagine the drama that is in the air? I'm sure all of us are very familiar with this account. Jesus gets word that his friend Lazarus is very sick. But Jesus waits a couple of days before he comes to Bethany. And even before he gets there, he knows that Lazarus has died. Now some people might ask, why did Jesus wait? How come he didn't go immediately to Bethany? Well, I'm sure there are a number of reasons. First of all, we know that his disciples didn't want him to go to Bethany. Because Bethany was only two miles outside of Jerusalem. And already the storm clouds are gathering. Again, the religious leaders are already plotting and planning to arrest him and to rid the world of him. There's only one disciple who says to the rest of the disciples, let us go with him, let us follow him, and even die with him. Which disciple is that? It's the one that most people make fun of. It's Thomas. Thomas goes and gives this great confession of faith. But I think a second reason could be that the death of Lazarus was Jesus' opportunity to show the whole world that he indeed is the one who is the resurrection and the life. Jesus allows Lazarus to die so that all people might see the glory of God, the glory of his heavenly Father, so that all people might believe and ultimately be saved. 
You know, in the book of Romans, we read uh, later on in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8, that God can take all things and turn them around and ultimately use them for our good. I think that's one of the cases in this particular text. In raising Lazarus, Jesus teaches us not only about death, but he gives us a preview of things to come. He gives us proof that he indeed is the resurrection and the life. So this morning we're going to push the uh, rewind button for a moment and take a look at how uh, one person depicts this scene. Where have you buried him? Come and see, Lord. Jesus wept. See how much he loved him, the people said. But some of them said, He gave sight to the blind man, didn't he? Could he not have kept Lazarus from dying? Deeply moved once more, Jesus went to the tomb, which was a cave with a stone placed at the entrance. Take the stone away. It would be a bad smell, Lord. He has been buried four days. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? They took the stone away. Jesus looked up. I thank you, Father, that you listen to me. I know that you always listen to me. But I say this for the sake of the people here. So that they will believe that you sent me. After he had said this, he called out in a loud voice, about the drama that is in the air. I'm sure that if you and I could have watched it in real time, besides what the movie makers, no doubt there would have been all kinds of skeptics there. Maybe they wouldn't have uh, said it out loud, 
but no doubt the skeptics were there. Uh, Again, religious leaders from nearby Jerusalem followed Jesus every step of the way, every move he ever made. I'm sure there were also people there, his followers, who were filled with fear. That's a natural reaction when someone dies. Fear of the loss of a loved one, fear of separation. And there were also, no doubt, people there who were worried. Worried, as Martha and Mary were, about the odor. Again, the scene continues to build. What will Jesus do? What can he do? You can't expect Jesus to raise someone from the dead, can you? But like I said, there's one scene that I could replay over and over again. It would be that one, when Jesus cries, Lazarus, come forth. You know, think about the power of Almighty God to bring life out of that which is dead. You know, someone once said that if Jesus had not specifically mentioned Lazarus by name, then everybody in that cemetery would have been raised from the dead on that day. I'm also sure that those who were present were astonished to hear Jesus talking to Lazarus. I mean, who talks to a dead man anyway? And yet here's Jesus calling his name. Just like he's always calling our name. Jesus is here teaching the most powerful and critical lesson to the world. And that is this, if you believe in me, you will live. You will live even if you die. He is teaching a world. He is teaching us as Christians that physical death is unimportant. And really it is of little account. What is important is life with Christ. And when you have life with Christ, then guess what? Your life never stops. Martha said, yeah, I know that he will rise again on the last day, on the day of the resurrection. But Jesus speaks to her some of the most powerful words ever heard on planet earth when he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. They who believe in me will live, even if they die. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then Jesus says to her, Martha, do you believe this? And Martha says what? Yes, Lord, I believe. You know, Martha's confession there is similar to one of the disciples' confessions. Remember when Jesus asked the disciples, uh, who do people say that I am? And Peter said what? Peter, in essence, said the same thing that Martha said here. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. You see, the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead gives us a preview of things to come. Gives us a preview of what is going to happen in a couple of weeks with Jesus' own death and resurrection. But it also gives us a preview of our own resurrection. Today's lesson is really a dress rehearsal for Holy Week. But Jesus is teaching us here about an even greater miracle than the resurrection of Lazarus. What could be greater than the resurrection of Lazarus? Some people would probably argue, well, the resurrection of Jesus himself, and that is probably the ultimate miracle of miracles. But think about the miracle that God has worked in your life. When God the Holy Spirit, working through the Word and working through the sacraments, brought you and I to faith in Jesus. 
You know, think about the miracle when God, the Holy Spirit, brought Lazarus to faith. At that moment, his eternal life began. And it would never, ever stop. But more important, what about you? Has that miracle taken place in your life? Listen to this. Just as surely as it was a miracle that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, just as surely it was a miracle when God brought you to faith. The moment that you believed. For many of us, that occurred in the waters of holy baptism. An incredible miracle took place. As God, the Holy Spirit, brought us into this eternal connection with Christ Jesus. The old sinful Adam was put to death. And this new person was raised again to life eternal. Again, I think sometimes for us who have been Christians all of our life, there is a great danger for us that we uh, take our faith and this miracle that God has worked in our life for granted. One of the worst things that can happen to us is when we take our faith, our belief in Jesus for granted. Almost to the point that we wear it around like an old comfortable suit. And we aren't even hardly aware of its presence. It's because of this that I would suggest that tomorrow morning, even before you get out of bed, think about the miracle that God has worked in your life. Think about the miracle that God has worked in bringing you to faith. And then thank Him and and praise Him for it. And thank Him that He has taken your sins. As Mason said, He's taken your sins upon Himself. He has paid the price. He has suffered the very wrath of God in our place. And this is something that we ought to be thankful for every day of our life so that we don't take this for granted. Not only that, but think about all the people that you know today who that this miracle has not yet taken place in their life. Think about all the people who do not know Jesus as their Savior from sin. I mean, how meaningless, how empty, how hopeless is a life, an existence without Jesus. And don't ever dare think that you can't help them. You know, you and I have been called to bring the life-saving gospel to others. You can tell others what God has done in your life. Who can argue with your testimony? You know, wouldn't it be a terrible thing if you and I had a cure for a horrible disease and we kept that cure to ourselves? Some people would say that would be awful. Other people might even call it criminal. And yet, that's what people do all the time. You and I are objects of the miracle of God's grace. And just as Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead through the power of his spoken word, so it is that God has given you and me his life-giving word. One last thing. Picture a great multitude of people. A great multitude of people that is marching in step toward a great chasm, toward a great cliff. They're steadily, relentlessly marching toward this cliff, which all of them will inevitably reach. But many of them, as they march toward this chasm, they, as they march towards it, they see a narrow bridge. 
and they keep their focus on this bridge. You know, other people don't seem to notice this bridge as they march on. They can't do otherwise. They march on until ultimately they step off the cliff. And that's it. Some of the people try to leap over this chasm, but they fail. But those who keep their eyes fixed on this bridge, as they march along, keeping their eyes fixed on that bridge, they reach out to others. And they try to tell others about this bridge, this way, this cross, this Savior as well. May we this morning rejoice that God has worked the miracle of life in us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, working through the Word of God, may God use us to reach out to as many people as possible. The ultimate bridge, of course, is Jesus. He is the one that spans that great chasm that separates us from God, our Heavenly Father. You know, our Lord allowed Lazarus to die so that He could teach us what is to come, a preview to come. And so it is that Jesus asks us this morning the same question that he asked Martha. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? I pray with all my heart that you believe this. In fact, I would ask you to stand right now and say these words. Yes, Lord, I believe. Together, let's say it. Yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I believe.